Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series. From current events to fascinating finds to conversations that take us deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined each and every week with our lead pastor, Darren Tyler. And uh, we are cruising along in this new series, which has been really, really good. You know, we spent six months in Revelation, learned a lot. And thank you to all of those that have been listening to the podcast, many of you catching up even over the past few weeks um, from that series. But this new series, You Are a Triple Threat, diving into the gifts uh, of the Spirit across the board. And we're starting off, we're diving into Romans chapter 12. Specifically, though, um, these life gifts. And what's really cool is, uh, Darren, you wrote a book. I did. About this. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to be able to tie this all together over a, a, a particular topic that you've you've really uh, dove into and have researched quite heavily over the past couple of years in writing this book. You know, I did. And as I was writing it, realizing that part of one of the areas of my life that I don't know was completely... Well, I know it's not transformed is that I've been working on this for like a decade almost. Oh, wow. And the concept. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I gave a talk on it a long time ago. I got a standing ovation. The only standing ovation I ever got in my life, <laughs> except for every Sunday when I say, now everybody stand. And yeah, let's pray. Yeah, let's pray. Yes. Yeah, my standing ovation. Um, um, but that was the moment. But, uh, but that's something that's actually one of the parts of the gift that I, that I have, which is I get so fascinated by something that I literally forget to talk about it or do anything about it. And yeah. it was like the perfect storm of a pandemic, uh, of having some time, but also honestly sitting on a boat with just gonna say, uh, name drop alert. I'm yeah, sitting on a boat comes. with Dennis Rainey who on, that's not, I guess that's a name drop. Probably our listeners have no idea who Dennis Rainey is, but uh, Dennis, author, family life radio guy, yeah. and I was kind of whining about going to be 50, uh, which I will be next month. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. That's kind of weird, actually. I might need a moment. 50 is the new 40, though, right? Yeah, so that's what, that's, what, that's what Dennis is saying. He's like, Darren, the 50s. So, so I'm whining. I'm going to be 50, and he's like 63, so I'm a little insensitive, if I'm being honest. He goes, Darren, the, the 50s are like the most uh, productive decade of your life. Wow. Like you're just starting to figure stuff out, you know, so don't waste them. Like, put, you know, that, that stuff that you've been putting on, whatever, you know, get, get, put it down, like put, you know, put your name on it. And I was like, oh my gosh, huh. like, I don't even know if Dave, uh, Dennis believes in prophecy, but like, I feel like that's what's happening here. So I got off that boat, came back and made a commitment that I'm going to finish it. I'm going to, like, this was this thing that I felt like that the Lord had uh, put in front of me. And, you know, I mean, writing a book is almost like a terminal disease. It's like, I just can't get rid of it. I can't, like, I don't right. like it at all. But uh, but now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm, I'm definitely pretty pleased that it got finished. You did it. Finished. You did yeah. It. The power of the seven. And it's the seven gifts in Romans chapter 12. And that's been the first three weeks of this series of a triple threat. The first threat being those gifts in Romans chapter 12. And something that I felt that you did on this Sunday's teaching, um, 
that I, I thought was pretty profound, and maybe you found it profound when uh, when you thought of it or came across it. <laughs> the moment was just this idea of the fruits of the spirit, or technically the fruit of the spirit, singular fruit of the spirit that's listed in Galatians, and how it ties into uh, these gifts in Romans twelve. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was a kind of a moment like that. So that was part of the the discipline of writing that I was like working through. Was you're, you're sort of like finally forcing out like this thing that's inside of you. And, and some, definitely some days it felt like I was giving birth, at least what I would think giving birth might feel like. <laughs> sure. You know, like shoving a ham through your nose. It just <laughs> doesn't fit. But there was a moment when I was like putting these together and realizing I was trying to like think, okay, what's the word that really like sums up that gift? And, and as I started going through them, I'm like, wait a minute, there actually feels like a pattern here. Like I was whiteboarding him out. Right. Yeah. I can imagine you doing that. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And it was like five in the morning trying not to wake up the kids or whatever. And I was like, oh, golly, these all seem like very common words. And then I realized it was uh, Galatians 5. Yeah. Love is patient, kind, mm-hmm. it's long suffering, peaceful. Like I'm like, oh my goodness, these are the words like that. So the idea was that all of these gifts, if they really are perfect, and there's seven of them, that when they came together, they really represented the love of God. Like it's the yeah. love of Jesus. Uh, and so the one that I have is like a particular part of how Jesus loved. That's my, my gift actually is I'm, I'm loving the world in this way. You know, Mo loves it in this way. And when we all come together, it is the perfect expression of, of his love. Yeah. That's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I guess it should be because, uh, well, it takes the pressure off. It kind yeah. of takes the pressure off. Yes. Honestly, yes, to fulfill all of them or think that you have to. Yeah, because, okay, so a good example. Um, don't you feel like like the church that I grew up in or you grew up in or whatever, that I, if I could just be like the pastor, uh, that's how I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Which in some ways is like, okay, you know, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So I, I see that part of it. But let, let me make it more relevant. In Uganda, Alex Matala dude is a visionary for days. Like there's no, like nobody's sitting over there debating. I wonder if that guy is a visionary. So when he plants churches, right at this point, hundreds and hundreds of them, Mm -hmm. which we've had a part of 14 of them. um, The temptation for that pastor is going to be, I need to be like Alex as I do this. And so if you're not a visionary from Romans 12, but you might be a collaborator, you're going to lead differently than Alex. And so you're not a failure just because you're not leading like a visionary is because that part of the love of Christ is what you, what stands out in you in the yeah. way that what your part is, what Mo was. If I, you know, I, if I'm not the pastor and Mo suddenly takes over, the church would look different because it would look like a guardian, not like a discerner. Sure. 100% okay. Because that's the way that Jesus designed you yeah, and the way that he's designed me. Yeah. And there's, there's just an incredible amount of freedom that comes from, knowing your gift. And, and honestly, it's only been in the past, maybe five years. So I'm 40. I'm putting that out there and congratulations. Yeah. So it's only, and and I've, I grew up in the church my entire life, literally since probably they brought me home from the hospital. Um, I've grown up in church all 40 years of my life and really only the past five years or so have I come to this knowledge of even what um hmm. that role is or what that gift is you know whether the the guardian in me yeah um 
And, and there's a lot of freedom in that because I don't feel like I have to spin all the plates of all the other ones that I thought I had to do or was taught to do. Or, um, that was the example, like you said, the imitate me as an imitate Christ. That was actually a, um, that was actually a verse that was used quite often <laughs> in the background I grew up in is to, you follow the man, the, the, the pastor, the leader, and you do as he does, as he imitates Christ. Right. Was, obviously there's, there's a lot of flaws in that. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of this expectation and, and this can be really overwhelming and completely, um, unattainable. Well, and it feels like uh, for me anyway, it was, it felt like that if I, like when I decided, or if, like when I was even questioning about this church being a church, like I was 100% convinced, had the conversation many times that it was never, like it wasn't God's will for me because I, the guys that I was imitating as they were imitating Christ were all either, actually in my experience, they were all either visionaries or they were encouragers. Yeah. And I knew one thing and that was, I was not either one of those guys. And so I just thought like, that's yeah. based on that alone. That yeah. doesn't qualify me as a, as a pastor of a church like that. Not, yeah. I can't fulfill in that way. Yeah. And it had never once occurred to me at that point that I could be a shepherd from Ephesians four mm-hmm. and not be a visionary from Romans 12, mm. like a, a shepherd from, uh, Ephesians four could be a responder. I mean, I think that there are responders in this town that are great pastors, uh, mm-hmm. and their church looks different than ours. And, and a lot of times, and I'm not talking about like spiritual abuse situations. And by the way, I think that word gets used a lot these days and attached to things that isn't actually abuse. You're mm-hmm. just looking at somebody's gift and they're not doing it the way you would do it. Mm-hmm. So and it's labeled as abuse. Uh, but a lot of times in that world, like I, I was with a pastor for years that when I look back on it now, the rub that I had, let me be, I should be fair, I don't want to put, but the, the rub he would have had with me, maybe, maybe more accurate. You know, he was a responder. So he, he had this idea of the way it was supposed to be. And it was this, he was very creative and this vision for what it was to be. And so everything had to fall within that borderline perfectionism. Sure. Um, he would probably bristle at that word. Uh, and I was the other way around. I'm like, well, you can have all kinds of options, you know, with it. And so there was a rub that wasn't, he wasn't abusive. It was just the gift that he was putting. And mine was over here. And instead of us looking at the ways that ours would have complemented each other, there was friction with it. And that's, to me, that's why this list, this Romans 12 is so important for today is it's, this is how Jesus said that we're going to have unity together. This is how he said that we're going to be a body of Christ that would work together. And in, in, in the analogy you used, the visual analogy, was the Legos, right. right? I mean, Legos clip together, they snap together in a certain way. And if you try to do that any other way, I mean, clearly they don't, they don't come together and it's hard to build anything. Right. And I, I mean, I was the eighth grader in me. Okay, I'm putting up the Legos and I know that I'm about to have to use the, the patent words of studs and tubes. Which is the technical term. It is the technical term. Um, I got a text from Amy Roberts later that day and said, thank you, because my husband's rocking around with studs and tubes. <laughs> so to all you husbands, I'm, you're welcome for giving you some new language for your double entendre category. Um, and I even texted Mo ahead of time. I was like, I don't know. Like, we're, I got to figure out how to do this without giggling the whole time and be a grown landmine here. Yeah, because I didn't want to ruin it because the idea of stones being built together is a completely biblical idea. It's First Peter 2.15, right? They, you're going to come That's together right. as living stones. And if you've been to Israel like I have, and by the way, we're going again in February of 2022. 
you'll see there are places where like these stones and these buildings, like there, you can't put a piece of paper in between them. They yeah. are so tight wow. together. And so they might not have used Lego clips, like, but they chiseled them in such a way where there is no space between them. Fits together. And that's the idea that we're supposed to be these living stones. And yeah, the Legos was the idea because what, you know, the, the, the stud is what stands out. Mm-hmm. And the tube is where the stud goes to. So it's not mm-hmm. like the, it's not like the part of me is broken and missing. It's the part of me that was carved out to make room for the other gift to be there. That's really good. So it's not like I'm broken in that way. I just need those other parts. And, and Jesus, it's, it's pretty awesome because if he designed us in a way where we would click together like that, right. uh, if we would just allow, and that, what that means for me is that I have to allow that, that my wife might have a different gift than I do. Sure. And instead of trying to get her to conform to me, I'm allowing the transform version. You know, and it does. It requires vulnerability. Yeah. It requires... Humility. Humility. Yeah. The uh, Verse 3, 4, and 5, right? 6, the don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Believe the truth about yourself. That's humility all day long. Mm-hmm. And humility for me was, I'm a discerner. I, I have the gift of teaching. And, and that, that gift of discernment um, corresponds to what fruit of the spirit can we maybe go down that list. Okay. Yeah. So temperance is the word. And, it, and I say that, uh, I think the newer versions say temperance or self-control or, yeah. um, as I took the personality tests over the years, whether it was disc Myers-Briggs, you know, whatever I, you would look at me and I looked like a flat line across them. Like, if the disc you're supposed to have, like I'm a really high D or a, a low I, a yeah. medium S, I was like medium across the board. Like, yeah. and for a long time, I thought, am I a sociopath? Like, I don't have anything. <laughs> like, I can't. Right. But I didn't know uh, until later, until learning about these spiritual gifts, was that that's the gift that I mm-hmm. am even Stephen. Like, temperance, when you think back, I mean, obviously I have my moments, right? It's not like I don't lose my. It's not like I don't lose my cool. Uh, It's not like I don't have uh, unhealthy moments with it. But when a pandemic strikes our country, uh, I tend to completely detach emotionally from it and just roll through it through with my head, with my thought. So that, yeah, one of the gifts of the spirit, right, is that you don't freak out. Like you're not panicked. You're not uh, emotional roller coaster. Stable. Yeah. Self-control is the, is the word that it comes with that. And Mo, the guardian of our world, the, the gift of... It's funny, so the, these translations are uh, funny because I, some words sound more whatever. The, the more modern ones actually say the gift of leading with that one, which I kind of... Doesn't that sound better than the gift of administration, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does, actually. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's, it's actually the, the word, it does speak of guarding and protecting and it speaks of finding your keys this is the sound of my cube do you know that i got this for christmas by the way I, so you don't lose your keys well we know where they are where right they now. are now but occasionally i'll hit the keychain in my pocket it'll bump up against my gun you have too much going on dude and uh they found my phone for me but you know, that's actually funny because it's actually a weakness in my gift is i i was i did the math one day on how much time I spend every day looking for my keys. It's about five minutes. Multiply that by a month, by a year, by the entire uh, life. And I'm talking, I would have lost like 20 years of my <laughs> life looking for my keys. <laughs> it's kind of discouraging. 
Oh, oh word. But uh, but Moe's Gift, Guardian. And by the way, if you've read the book or if you're about to read the book, I want you to know in the book, I got this wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thank God for Kindle because I can redo it and can just you really? repost it. Yeah, I know. Ryan Dunlap. That's pretty li- cool. Yeah. If Ryan Dunlap's listening, you're about to have a job here. Um, but I, so when I was reading it and I saw the gift of, it says faithfulness, the, the fruits of the spirit, uh, faithfulness. Um, and I thought that's, that feels like every guardian I've ever met is faithful. Like they're, they're just loyal people. Mo is loyal. Um, but the word isn't actually faithfulness. It's actually faith. The, the literal word, and I'll tell you in a minute why that's the gift of prophecy. And the word for patience is the word long-suffering. That's the actual word. Patience is one that we sort of try to create for our, our modern context. And if there's one thing that I've experienced uh, is that my guardians in my life are willing to suffer to get it done, <laughs> like willing to suffer for the right. Am I getting that right? I mean, long I feel like suffering. Yeah. One, one that suffereth long. Yeah. <laughs> and Mo has suffered long to, <laughs> to endure in this role because it's to, to want something to be right, to want something to be safe, to want something. I mean, our joke, and it's really funny, but it's actually not very funny that Mo doesn't sleep at night. So I can, um, it's kind of true, right? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. There's a suffering that goes along with your gift. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, a suffering that goes with your gift. It's such an oxymoron almost, but yeah, I mean, the brain just never turns off, right? You're just constantly thinking of all the things to think about. Um, and so, yeah, it's this, it's this enduring, it's this, um, it's this suffering long and suffering is, is, is maybe a little heavy of a word, but not all the time. Yeah. It can be, it can be a heavy burden. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is and it isn't because it's like the idea of passion. Compassion is, you know, the suffering. Like that's the, the passion of the Christ. You know, Patty was about suffering for something. And that's the, the idea of patience is that, that you, because, and I've seen that in you, man, like even around me, because I'm kind of a pain in the butt when you think about it. Like, I mean, in honesty, you can, you, you can nod, Mike. Um, there, there's just a lot that goes on around here and you just don't quit. Like you feel it, you experience it and you just absorb it almost. Is that the right word? Yeah. I think absorb is probably a good word. Like, so you're absorbing something. So the rest of us don't. Yeah. And probably not very appreciated by that. Cause I don't know that everybody notices that. Um, yeah. And there are moments where you, you know, you kind of have to speak up and, and you mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. um, but so I guess that's the idea of long suffering. That when, when you think of it in love, that's the word patience just feels too sterile, and the word long suffering uh, doesn't really capture the Greek idea. But there's just something about that—the willingness yeah. to dig in and not leave. Yeah, it's kind of like your shock absorbers in your car. I guess you know you hit a yes, you hit a speed bump, you hit a pothole, and I, I'm feeling it. One hundred percent. That's it. But the rest of the people on the bus didn't even right. know. Anybody listening to this podcast right now that showed up to the church two weekends ago and you thought the temperature feels really good in here, okay? It feels really good in here because Mo figured out long before that we needed propane for the heat. We're on like, we're like, we're a redneck church. We got propane for the heat. (laughs) 
And there's apparently a shortage of propane. So, I mean, for like a week and a half, you are every day hoping today is the day that the propane arrives. Yeah. Uh, and we came pretty doggone close. We came really close, man. I was chewing my nails yeah. on a Friday afternoon when that glorious propane truck pulled into our parking lot for the weekend. And nobody knew it because the shock absorber took it for him. That's that's the gift of the Guardian yeah. for it. So that's, I like that shock absorber. I should, I'll put that in the book too. And then Collaborator, um, their, their fruit of the spirit that they resemble and that they bring... Um, would be goodness is what you described it on Sunday. Goodness. Yeah. And it's so funny because that word feels sterile as well, but I wasn't. So by the time I'd gotten to this one, I hadn't started, I hadn't really connected the dots yet on that. This was going to be the fruit of the spirit, but I was doing a little exercise. Like when I think of Audrey Cawthon, what's the first word that comes to my mind? And it was good. Like she's just good. And she's our littles director. So she oversees, a bunch of nursery to pre-K students each and every week. Yeah. My wife, good. And it was like, okay, that's a characteristic of God, like the goodness of God. That was what God looks like. Moses in Exodus 33, I believe, said, I want to see your face. And God's like, you can't because you'll die. <laughs> but hide in this rock. And, uh, and he said, I'll pass before you. But what he said was, I'll let my goodness pass in front of you. Goodness is what God looks yeah. like, right? And so... That was the, the thing of, of everybody that I know that has that gift. Like, I don't, is, is that, uh, would Lynn Simpson counter as that? I don't know where she would be. She seems like it. She definitely exudes goodness. Yeah. That is for sure. Right? Which puts her fully in that, in, again, gift of ministry, gift of serving, right. yep. a pretty sterile words, but collaborator. Yeah, probably because, you know, they were in here, I think, Monday, yesterday. Uh, just hauling butt, getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. And Shannon said that, yeah, whenever I'm working with Lynn uh, and Bob and Carol too, like we just get a lot done and the goodness of it. So the goodness is definitely what I experience with uh, when I'm around collaborators. And, you know, the hard part for them is that they get so busy working that they feel like nobody sees it in them. Um, which is this, I think, with this verse here where it talks about it, verse 7. So if your gift is to serve, then serve. There's actually a little bit of an admonition in there for a collaborator. And that is, hey, so if your gifting is to give, right, to serve, serve. Meaning don't go out and do it just to try to get somebody to love or to accept right. you. Right. Um, don't do it to be seen. Just serve. Just mm -hmm. give. Because that's the goodness of the God. The goodness of God isn't... Because if you're doing it to get something back, now, of course, everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be acknowledged. But if you feel that bitterness in your heart because they didn't see it or acknowledge it, there's a party there. Like, okay, but I'm, I'm doing this for him and not for them. He sees it. So if you're giving, just give. Don't give. Because yeah. if you're doing it to get something back, then you're not, if you're serving to serve, just serve. You're, then you're serving. Then it becomes a transaction, right? right. And that's not what this is at all. This no. is just the goodness of God which is his grace, his mercy. He didn't do any of it to get anything from us. He just gave it to us. Full-blown picture of the goodness of God. In the Fruit of the Spirit, it talks about goodness and kindness. And how, how would you differentiate those two words? Because I, I feel like they can easily be right. You know, uh, described as very, very similar or interchanged. But there's a difference. There is because... And it's interesting because, the, so responder, not to skip ahead, but 
the gift of mercy, the gift of responder is the gift that correlates with kindness. And the way that I've tried to articulate it is that um, the, the goodness part is about doing something like you're okay, yeah. doing this. So uh, when my wife is reflecting goodness of God, she's reflecting it in what she's doing. Uh, kindness responder is reflecting on being like totally just there. that makes sense yeah. yeah right doing versus being would be a good differentiate a way to differentiate yeah. goodness and kindness yeah one is mary one is martha yeah that's great and both are a gift and both are needed and both are a blessing not neither of them are failures with it and in the responder world those that we know that are responders yeah they're going to be with you in the fire. Yeah, no doubt. Right? And if you think about it, like, because I've noticed this too, like when our responders show up, say, for like a work day, okay? Uh, and, and, but I say this because responders and collaborators get confused a lot. Yeah. I literally just talked to somebody a couple of days ago that's been telling me uh, he's a collaborator. I'm like, mm, I don't know, you know, I'm trying not to do it. <laughs> but he finally goes, no, dude, I think I'm a responder. I'm like, oh, you are, you know? That's awesome. Uh, but here's how the difference is. Like a, a work day to church or a mission trip, the collaborator, you're going to have the paintbrush. You're going to have the broom. You're going to be busting it. Checklist. 100%. The responder might have a paintbrush in your hand, but you're going to be the one that gets caught up in the conversation while we have some stuff we got to finish here. Like you haven't started painting yet. You're getting to know the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. And so the gift of kindness is you're there for the heart and yeah. you get so into the heart that you forget we still have to finish this house <laughs> today. Uh and, and the other way is that when it's the kindness of it, so like, let's say, um, this is a terrible example, but like in a, a funeral or a tragedy and you're at someone's house, you'll find the, uh, the responder sitting next to the person experiencing the trauma. Yeah. You'll find the collaborator doing the dishes. Yep. That's a perfect example. Washing them. One is goodness. One is kindness. Both of them are expressions of Jesus. I and love, his love that. I love that. An en encourager. Encourager, exhortation, right? The King James says it. It's probably not a um, probably not a difficult one to figure out which fruit of the spirit would be tied to the encourager. Yeah, right. Uh, because it is joy. It's joy. <laughs> I, I had a conversation immediately after first service with Sarah Ross, who I've known since she was a teenager. Yeah. And when we when I first started going down this, doing this, I, I had kind of these working descriptions and I was like watching people that I thought probably had that gift. And, um, and the thing about encourager, so like Spencer Anderson, uh, someone who's in that Tim Bassanio, Edie Bassanio, there's like, it's like different flavors of courage, but the joy that they bring to a situation that's Sarah, that's how I always felt around her. Like she'd walk in. Like I remember we were on tour with the Hannah Montana. Okay. This was like, yeah, years sure you ago. Got, uh, that, that could be its own podcast. Oh, right. Episode, that could be its own sure. story, right? Yeah, actually it could be. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're like, where'd Sarah go? Nobody's where Sarah went, you know, and Sarah, the reason she was gone is she had gone out and ran like 15 miles. Uh, that just did, just did it. Just went like, you did what? Like just because she didn't need to post about it on Instagram. There was no, like I said, it wasn't Instagram back then, but, but you walk in here, you're just like, dude, that's like inspiring. Like you just did that and you just start to realize I'm actually feeling something here. And it's like joy is what I feel. I felt inspired. I felt encouraged. I felt joy. And she told me after first service that she was, Darren, that's, uh, my middle name is Maria. Uh, that's the mother. Mm. My mother gave me that name mm. and Sue was standing right there who, by the way, is another encourager. Yep. Um, 
She goes, but I realized I later, I later learned, and she's right, that Maria, Mariah in Hebrew means bitter. Oh, uh, interesting. Maro, the, the streams of Maro, the bitter streams of Maro. Anyway, she goes, I didn't like that. And I, so, and it's true. Like in my phone right now, if you, it's Sarita Joy. That's right. She, I've heard her say that before. Yeah. Her, she, she goes, I wanted my middle name to be Joy. Like, wow. Well, you nailed that one uh, because that's exactly what it is. That's cool. And that's, I was just literally, I was funny. I was just having this conversation with Jason at lunch. Because we're talking about worship on Sundays, and Jason Kuhn, our worship yeah, pastor. yes, yes, Jason Kuhn, worship pastor, and the the challenge of bringing joy out of our church uh, with applause or singing or exuberance or whatever, and and we were uh, talking about because I've said that how many times do I say it on Sunday? So if you've been saved, you've been whatever, like notify your face, right. like just smile, act like you're you're saved. And I, I don't know, just this realization that I'm literally asking them to do something that might not be in the spiritual gift. So I'm literally <laughs> learning as I go Yeah. that if we want more of that, then plug in some more uh, encouragement. Not that it has to be, good Good Lord, if it were like a band, band all of it was encouragers. encouragers like, I <laughs> wow. mean, it'd be, a, it'd be a wild ride, but it wouldn't be. But, you know, Jason on many Sundays is the only one up there. Sure. And so I'm telling him, Jason, what I'm seeing is you're saying, sing and do this and joy and but nobody behind you is doing any of that. Like you're they're telling just, us. They're focused in on their instrument. Uh-huh. They're just dialed in. Yeah. Yeah. You've got an imparter feeling super peaceful over there. You know, <laughs> the guardian making sure they're getting every note right. You know, and oh, so I was like, maybe we need to like put a note by the encouragers and our musician and our singer list. And even if they can't sing, just give them a microphone. Let right. them look like they're up there, you know, right. being, but that is part of it. They don't tell you to be encouraged they are encouraged and then it just sort of just draws it out i mean jimmy our guy that looks like willie nelson's uh love child right that's his gift he just that's just how he shows up yeah he's not a better guitar player than weezer right he's not a better guitar player than In, scott bernard for those that don't know uh one of our guitar uh guitarists that fills in for us every now and then at conduit um Phenomenal guitarist, Mike. Unbelievable guitar uh, player. Mike looks a lot like our, our our buddies Weezer in the band. Yeah. And uh, so we call him Weezer. It's Weezer worship. Yeah. Weezer worship. Fantastic guitar player, right? But to bring out that of, of it, like having some people up there that bring out the the joy. The Calvin, yeah. uh, is it Calvin Noel at Grace Chapel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. This is what he does. You can you can have two guys, two women, whatever, hundred, and that stand by side by side with amazing vocal ability, and we have amazing talented people. Yes, and the the joy of an encourager with the guitar. That's one of the things that I used to say about these gifts all the time, and that's something I probably need to bring back. And that's that your talent isn't the gift. Your talent is the gift, or is the highway on which your gift travels. So mm, that's really good. When Gabe is playing bass, he's a fantastic bass player. I love watching Gabe because he's not scared. Uh, he gets it right. He's precise. He's up there playing with guys that are like playing with Kenny Loggins for crying out loud. Sure. And he's 18. Yeah. But he gets it right because he's, we think probably guardian, whatever, but he is precise. And so his gift is coming through of hand, especially if you're a bass player. That's not a bad gift to have, by the way, to be the guardian because you got to keep it tight on the keep bass. Keep it tight. Locked uh, in. But that's it. Yeah, the, the, the encourager, that's the gift of joy. Yeah. That's Jason Kuhn. Every time he, any, Jason, even the way he orders is full of joy at a restaurant. He can't True. just order the regular thing. Makes me it's, laugh every time. Right. You can't go to Tito's. It's got to be the special fun salsa. It's got to be the, those little crunchy jalapenos. And 
uh, modifies the menu a hundred percent of the time at lunch today. We're at soul shine and he orders a Caesar salad. I swear I'm not exaggerating this at all. <laughs> and the way that he customizes this salad, the guy basically says, so you want a house salad? <laughs> like, so you want this salad? He's like, oh yeah, it's on the menu. Yeah. So you don't want a Caesar at all. No, no, I want the <laughs> But he ordered the Caesar. <laughs> he ordered the Caesar. He ordered the Caesar and was going to customize it to what made him happy. It's a perfect illustration. Right? And he was happy with his salad, I'll tell you that. I don't I know if the waiter it. was happy, but Jason was happy. So the other two that, um, that we haven't really gotten to and want to get to quickly is uh, Visionary and Imparter. Yeah. Well, let's start with Imparter because there's more of those in the world than there are visionaries. And I think we can all thank God yeah. for that. I'm just kidding. Visionaries, we love you. Um the, the imparter, uh, it's the gift of peace. Like, they just are so peace. Like, uh, and it's, so I would say in the same way that responders and collaborators get confused, imparters and discerners can, because I'm even Stephen in something, but it isn't because I'm sensing anybody's feelings. I'm just busy processing the mind. The imparter does that, but it's because they're sensing the feelings in the room. Yeah. So our imparters, the reason that they can bring peace to it is they're saying, hey, Darren, when you say this, this is how it made everybody feel. Yeah. And for me, that's like kind of brand new information. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I just, right. I just thought it was fascinating. I didn't know it was going to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. But their ability to bring peace into a situation. Um, they're good diffusers. 100%. Jim Henderson, um, long time, been with our church for, since before it was a church. In fact, when I first, one of the first people I even mentioned even about being a church was Henderson. And it's just, he just spoke peace. He didn't say any, he didn't say the word peace, but he just sort of sensed my emotion in the whole thing, said exactly what my feeling was without saying it and spoke right to it and, and spoke peace to the storm yeah. in my life. And, you know, they, uh, we'll talk about that this coming Sunday because every one of these gifts, if we, if we don't, if we put them in a conform to this world, Romans 12, 1, they can bring the, you know, some uh, opposite to that. And my imparter friends can be some of the most stubborn friends that we sure. have, right? Sure. Um, yeah. They don't know uh, where I think where it comes from. Actually, we should bring in a couple of imparters and ask them if this is true or not. But it feels like because they're so used to finding their keys that uh, shut this thing down, Micah. I'm sorry. Keys are over there. They get so used to stuffing down their own feelings and feeling everybody else's feelings that when they finally figure out that they're mad about something, that they really rise up on it and put a flag in the ground and can cause some stubbornness in that. Sure. Um, so, but we'll talk about that because that, it's the, so sometimes the irony of it, the thing that I'm trying to accomplish with this gift actually becomes the opposite of it. Oh, wow. It's um, true. Yeah, right? Uh, I want peace, but I'm actually doing this and it's actually causing a whole lot of conflict. Um, but in our most transformed part, like when it stands out, that's what they do. They come into a situation. That's why Jeremy Heslop, okay, the director of recruiting for Dave Ramsey, it's the perfect job for an imparter. Yeah. Because he sees a young uh, person who, who's a great candidate, can sense, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to be scary, whatever. Can sense and help to skate to the puck on that, can figure out ahead of time. And so imparter and peace go hand in hand. Yeah. And then what was our last one? Visionary. Visionary. Yeah, I almost forgot that one. Um, which is funny because visionaries are not used to being forgotten and don't like to be forgotten. 
the visionaries that I know, um, and by the way, the word in the fruits of the spirit, what I was wrong about was I, it said faithfulness in the okay. NIV, but the, the literal word Young's literal translation isn't faithfulness. It's faith. And that, when I saw that, what jumped out, and I just saw that this week, that's why I got to change the book, that that is every visionary that I know. Yeah. It's faith. Big faith. Big faith. It doesn't occur to them that they could fail. Right. And where, you know, where they get tripped up, and we'll talk, that's what we will talk about next week, is uh, Paul says here through the Holy Spirit, when you, if your gift is prophecy, prophesy according to your faith. But visionaries a lot of times because they, they they get afraid of losing control afraid so they won't yeah. prophesy according to their faith they'll prophesy according to their fear so a lot of mm. times when you see somebody like a visionary who is uh losing their temper in the early days lafleur lost his temper all the time sure. like all the time which is not hard to do in, in haiti, in haiti when, that's when you're trying to get things done <laughs> that's true i'm losing my temper in haiti right <laughs> um even steven over here is like screw steven man i'm mad but what I realized was that later he wasn't angry. He was afraid. He's afraid of losing control. He's afraid of this going the wrong way and him being hurt. Um, yeah. So prophesy. So like when it says serve, you know, just serve your encourager, then give courage, but not prophecy. It says if you're a prophecy, then do it according to your faith, not according to your fear. It's a very specific language for that because that's a lot of times when you see somebody in that gift, it's that gift that they needed it's, it's why a lot of visionaries have like giant churches or giant companies sure. because they, it's why LaFleur, he literally didn't occur to him to quit in Haiti. We're not quitting. I'm angry. I'm, but what it really was was about faith. But when you see them in a part where they feel afraid, it, it's the same gift that's required to get them where they were. And then once they get to that point, it's, uh, that's when people usually start throwing rocks at them. It's when you start seeing you know, newspaper articles written because they were mean. Uh, again, not talking about abuse situations, just talking about people that have a little bit of a short fuse. And it's because they've, the thing that took to get to church, the size that they wanted it, the ch size that they needed it. I would venture to say, by the way, this is Jeff Schulte. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. When he, the, 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 he would, he would say that yeah. he has said that. Yeah. So fellowship Bible church, if you're not from Nashville, became, it was like the hottest church in town. Like blowing up. It was amazing. And Jeff, you know, he had some issues and some things he's talked very publicly about. But when he was fired, uh, it wasn't for those issues. It was because he was mean. Sure. That's what they said. And the irony to me was the very thing that took it to get the church the way it was. Now they didn't want that anymore. And if you look back on it in real time, think maybe what could have been a, 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 an outcome that could have been amazing would be, for Jeff to have said, you know what, that was me being afraid, and yeah. I, I shouldn't have done that. And them saying, oh yeah, I see that now. So let, we'll all adjust our gifts a little bit here and leave room for you to, you know, deliver your gift. Uh, what, of course, that's Monday morning quarterbacking. That's not how that happened at all. Yeah, but what I love about Jeff, though, I mean, knowing him personally, he he's used that story in his life to teach others what not to do and how to use how to use that in a positive way, how to use their gift, and how to recognize fear versus faith. 100%. A lot of the language that I use today, I would not have been able to use had Jeff not gone through that. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, that actually is a perfect example of what we're going to talk about this Sunday yeah. and next Sunday, because that was chiseling away at Jeff. That's right. Right. And uh, the living stones of First Peter 2, uh, 15, 
uh, in First Kings 16, when it talks about the temple that was being built, First Kings 16, verse 7, says that there were no chiseling in the temple. So in other words, like we're building out here, they're cutting plywood inside the building. That wasn't happening in, in Israel. They, there was a quarry. They cut the rocks there. And bring it up. Brought it up. And then up. miraculously, <laughs> somehow, these giant stones, and then it perfectly fit together. That's the picture. Earth is the quarry. Uh, heaven is the temple, the ultimate temple. And so all the chiseling that we're getting this side of heaven uh, is not going to happen in, in, in uh, heaven. I mean, earth is what's happening. That's what the chiseling away, the this, the that, the other, the things that I've had to be humbled by. It's just God taking the knife, the word of God, and you know, dividing between my soul and the spirit yeah. and cutting it away. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's these, it's all of these different gifts that bring us together and through the fruit of the spirit, which is love. And it's what you talked about last week is through the blood. It's through the love of Christ that unifies us. Um, and quite frankly, we're, we're going to need about all the unity that we can muster 100%. Um, in the time that we're living right now, the state of the union is perhaps bleak. Let's say complicated, complicated <laughs> state of the union for the United States, the state of the union for the world. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure you have, I mean, I know that you have been paying attention to some world events, but there are multiple countries right now whose governments are falling apart seemingly all at the same time from Italy to the Netherlands, um, the Kuwaiti. Did you know this? The Kuwaiti, uh, the entire their prime minister and cabinet all resigned last week in Kuwait. Um, Estonia, their prime minister resigned. Uh, Merkel in Germany is resigning here in the next couple months. Wait, is that confirmed? Uh-huh. Because that's a big freaking deal. Yeah. She announced it uh, two weeks ago that she is stepping down hmm. in the coming months. She's not put a date on it, but she has announced that she is stepping down. Um, there's, uh, there's several others that are in the mix, not to mention our own country that is wrought with complications as of right now. Um, so there's just there's a lot happening, yeah. and the unified church is what's going to be needed to get through a lot of this. Yeah, there, there's a gift that the United States is getting right now that I don't know that we recognize it as a gift. And that gift is the uncovering of the realization that the government is just not our hope. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm thankful because I've, I have traveled so extensively. Um, and I, I hear even like that and think, okay, these governments that are uh, falling apart. And I'm thinking that's literally almost every government of every country that I go to. Like they're all falling apart. It just seems like they live in this constant state of flux. The Haitian government, I mean, since I've been going there 15, 16 years, uh, there have been coups been overthrows. Right. I mean, the first time I arrive in Haiti, it's in the it's in the aftermath of a coup, and I'm dumber than a bag of hammers. I don't know, like, <laughs> like a, what's happening. Yeah, like why everybody's so mad at each other. Like, what are we doing here? But what these gifts? What here's why this is so important, and this is why I really think that the Holy Spirit led us to do this series right now. I wanted to do this last year, right? Um, and we just we try to listen to the Spirit, and I, you know, when we, you and I, Mo, were talking about this back in November, I guess. It just felt like the right time. Yeah. But now I'm like, this is the right time. Yeah. It was the right time like to, to make this decision because 
of everything that we have going on in our world, the church was always meant to be the, the light. That's what it was meant to be. And when Paul gave these gifts, right, when he explained them to them, I believe they were already given and all Paul was doing was just explaining what they already had. But he was showing that these aren't just a, a, a nice thing to put on your church volunteer application, right? These are the literal clicks, the tubes and the studs right. that hold this church, his church, together. Right now, if we're trying to hold it together by your political ambitions or your political mm -hmm. opinions, that's not really working out. Yeah. It's not working out for me, I'll tell you that right now. Um, and it's sure not going to work out if we're trying to make our hope of our church in whatever the government does. Right. Um, it is entirely plausible that in our, not only our lifetime, but in our near future, that even podcasts like this are going to have sensors attached to it. Sure. I mean... Yeah, we might have to be creative in our descriptions. Yeah. Even. Like, it's insane to have to think about that. But it's it's happening enough that my my true liberal friends, like the true liberal liberals that believe in free speech, that believe in, they're going, okay, this is crazy because that's not liberalism, what you're talking about. That's called authoritarianism. Yeah. Uh, people look back and think, man, George Orwell was so prophetic. I've said that out loud, man. How did George Orwell know? It was like, he's a prophet, you know, like Nostradamus, <laughs> but he wasn't, he was a historian. All That's he was right. describing was what he saw in, you know, Eastern Bloc countries and socialism and totalitarian governments. And in those governments, that was 1946, I think is when he mm -hmm. wrote 1984. Wow. He'd already written Animal Farm by then. He wasn't describing some future dystopian thing. He was describing what he saw in these Eastern Bloc Russian communism. It's like it, it does help to know, by the way, that uh, on, on like fascism, like Mussolini, that that's right wing extremism. Right. Socialism is left wing extremism. Mm -hmm. Both of them carried to their extreme require totalitarianism, which is that not just that you can't say uh, what you want, is that you can't say anything that uh, conflicts with the narrative that we're putting out. Right. Right. So last year, anybody says anything about hydroxychloroquine is suddenly silenced on all social media platforms because right. it didn't agree with, not because it was right or wrong, but because it didn't agree with the narrative. Right. Yeah. You end up seeing a guy like Dr. Fauci in December say that he thinks herd immunity is going to be 95% required in order to get this done. And then literally in the New York Times is saying this article, but I didn't say that back then. I said 60% and then I inched it up to 70% because I didn't think the people were ready to hear it yet. Wow. Which means he lied to us. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't saying it based on what's true or not. And by the way, so based on that, that means Twitter, Facebook, Google should go back and censor everything he said before that because it, right, because it wasn't true. But that's not it. It's because it, that was the narrative. So it's okay right. to leave it then. And now the new narrative is 95%. Now, down that rabbit hole, what's happening literally right now are, is the expansion of, okay, we need to, uh, th this stuff is so scary. We need to, it, you know what it reminds me of? And Micah, how old were you in 9-11 when that happened? Uh, four 
So he was, yeah, he was born um, April of 01. So little baby Micah. What happened back then from the right was a giant overreach of fear. And so because we're afraid, you're going to give up all these rights. They're going to start spying on us, the stuff that Patriot, Edwards, no, Patriot, Patriot, Patriot Act. Act. Yeah, with, named with no sense of irony. And I'm old enough to remember that I thought, this is fine. If this is what it takes to be safe, this is what we need. And now I look back and think, oh, my goodness, that was crazy. And we're seeing the same language now from the left saying we need to start a uh, commission like the 9-11 commission Mm -hmm. to stop, quote unquote, domestic terrorism. Things we don't want. I don't want anybody bombing anybody. I don't want anybody pulling up to Oklahoma City and doing that again. But in fear, the overreach has already started of social media silencing us, of news organizations deciding that this is the narrative and no one saying anything uh, there was somebody just yesterday saying that Fox News, and it's funny because most of my friends that are right, right wings that would consider themselves right wing, they think Fox is crazy already. Sure. They've lost it, whatever. But now CNN's like, yeah, they have to be, FCC's come after and find them because without them, none of this could have happened. Patriot Act 2.0 is in the works. It's starting to be drawn up, and they're calling it that. Are they really? Patriot Act 2.0. 2.0. So mark my words, okay, I'm about to step into the gift of prophecy. (laughs) They're going to overreach in the same way that the right overreached. They're going to overreach. And the overreach is going to silence things that they would consider by by renaming it against George Orwell. Like uh, we just call it something different. And now it's, you know, so calling what we would consider the gospel hate speech because it doesn't include everybody. Uh, that, that, That falls under that category. And it falls under a giant overreach of it. That said, we knowing that, okay, do we live in fear or do we, you know, like this, the, uh, like the Jews in, in Babylon, uh, the, the, it talks about that in Psalm, we, on the shores of Babylon, we, we wept. But eventually, they had to get up, they had to dust off their feet and get back into Babylon and be God's people That's in right. Babylon. And we here, whatever happens in the next day, two days, months, years, eventually we got to get up, shake the dust off. Yeah, I was sharing that with someone this week, just reminding them, yeah, I mean, it's it's okay to be sad and mourn the loss of what was. Like, that's a natural response, and that's something you should do. That's healthy to do that. But you can't stay there, and you can't sit in it, because there's work to be done. There's a bunch of kingdom work to be done. And that kingdom work starts with your family, like with your spouse, with your kids, yeah, uh, with your community and your church. There's plenty of work to be done. And yeah, we can be upset and mad about things not falling our way, whatever that looks like for you. But there's still work to be done for the gospel as it's laid out in his word, which is where we put our hope and our trust. Um, so we just can't stay there. Get up and get to work. Both, by the way, Romans 12 and 1 Peter 2, when I talked about it, when it says that you are the living stones, okay? Both of them uh, then immediately go into Paul and Peter, and now here's what you're going to do in a pagan world, in a godless world. Here's how you can live as Jesus, people. (laughs) How profound. Right? And that's why these gifts are so important right now, because I honestly think most of the, uh, the pot shots that are being taken at each other uh, the, the Christians fighting Christians at this point. Um, so some of it, whatever, it's not true. Some of it is that it's, uh, it is somebody that was uh, sexually abusive or stolen money or whatever. But 
But most of it isn't that. Most of it is, I think, a uh, someone seeing uh, like if, if someone all they did was wanted to write an article about me about the all the the, uh, the downsides of being a uh, the, the the discerner, right? He he withdraws. He doesn't call me back. He, he doesn't return emails. He's cold. He, like someone could write an article about me, and all they do is talk about all the parts of me that haven't been transformed yet. They could do that about every gift. And I mean, man, beloved people of Christ out there, you got to cut that out. Let these guys and girls who are leading have some grace to fail and maybe not to lead the way that you led or would want to lead. Um, and we can't, we got to quit calling everything that happens like that spiritual abuse. That's such a convenient right. title for things that happen. There are things that happened in churches that I've been in that weren't great, but he wasn't abusive. It wasn't right. spiritual abuse. It was just, you right. know what? That was a guy that had some growing to do in that area. That was a, a wife that had some growing to do in that area. And so to cut them the slack so that, because what we have to be right now, oh man, what we desperately need to be is the unified body of Christ. And starting with these gifts, I do have the, re, the, the, the grace to say that uh, Mo is not going to lead the way that I would. There are going to be days when I come in here and do things not as great as I could or want to. You have grace for me for that. Sometimes there's going to be friction. But what we need most is what it says here in 1 Peter 2 is when I recognize those gifts that I'm a living stone, you're a living stone, Micah's a living stone, that we are built on the foundation of Jesus, the stone that the builder rejected, right? But you, verse 9, are a chosen people, us, Jesus people, a holy uh, royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That is right after the verse that you are living stones coming together to build a temple. That's how we live together in unity. And the result of that is that we can, verse 13, right here, and we this is real time, submit yourself for the Lord's sake, to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. Peter's talking about Rome. These guys were no fun at a party, especially a Christian party. But it says in verse 15, it's, it's like the language right there is like, I'm submitting to them saying, that's their gig. The, the whole render unto Caesar, what is Caesar's? Pay your taxes. You know, Jesus held up a coin and on that coin was a picture of Caesar. He's like, if that's not God's picture on there, that right. belongs to Caesar. Give it to him. It's the kingdom of this world. But, and by the way, it doesn't mean that we uh, literally bend and do everything because Peter, the same way, was also, these people were meeting illegally. They were preaching the gospel. Peter had been imprisoned. He had been beaten for disobeying government. So the submitting isn't a stopping being a Jesus person if that's against the law. It's just saying, I'm giving this. This is the government. That's your problem. Our job, verse 15, is it's by God. It's uh, verse 15, 1 Peter 2. For it's God's will that by doing good, you should silence the talk of ignorant, foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God, right? Honor the emperor. So you guys that are out there that have been bashing Trump for the last four years, honor him. For those of you that are about to start doing the same to Joe Biden, 
honor him. Doesn't mean I have to like him. Doesn't mean I support the policies that he's got. But I can still honor that God put that person there for that specific reason. My job is not to negotiate, to try to figure that out. My job is to let our good works silence the talk of foolish men. We didn't mean it that way here. But when we started even back in May, uh, when we reopened up again, and we started setting the families of Pakistan, uh, those, that country <laughs> free. No, I don't think anybody's listened to it over there, but just in case. When someone wanted to badmouth us and say, you guys are trying to kill grandma. I mean, I literally was, I was saying it like, that's not true. Like if we don't meet, there are families that stay in slavery because we didn't meet this week. There are families that don't get fed in Nepal if we don't meet this week. We saw it happen. Right. So it wasn't that I was trying to be argumentative, but that was, it wasn't even a checkmate moment, but it was like a feeling of, okay, well then, you know, that's, if you want to talk about killing children, like we're going to kill children if we don't meet this week because we're not going to feed them. It was silencing the talk of those people right. with it. We can, as a church in the, in the future, a unified church, whether it's in Nashville, Oklahoma, wherever, if they want to come and shut you down, I love Matthew Barnett in the Dream Center in LA. You shut that place down, let me tell you what, you leave thousands of people homeless. You leave thousands of people hungry. Thousands right. of people who don't have any safety net that they were. That's what that means. That's what Jesus people do. And it silences their talk because it's real hard to uh, shut down somebody who is literally supporting the community that you can't support because you're an inept, right. bogged down, bureaucratic government agency. Yeah. It takes the politics out of it. Yeah. And boy, do we got to do that in this day and age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so these are the, uh, these are the seven gifts. This is the seven, uh, like the fruit of the spirit, the description of love. Yeah. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love protects. That's first Corinthians 13. I can find every one of those gifts in that. Mo, do you have any last, uh, and final words? I feel like, Mike, are we at an hour yet? We're yeah. getting there. And anytime we reference Micah, he is our uh, podcast engineer. He's holding the fort down here, recording and editing um, and making sure that we sound we sound clear each and every week. Um, but what I'm looking forward to, honestly, is kind of next week when we're going to talk about kind of what it looks like for these gifts to be undiscovered in a sense. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we each have these gifts, but maybe they're coming out sideways and maybe, maybe they're, they've not been transformed yet. Yep. And so maybe finding freedom and realizing, man, I've had this gift this whole time. I looked at it as a negative, but through the blood of Christ, I can see that it's truly a gift to be a positive and my Lego can snap into your Lego and we can work together on something versus this is a defected one. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to continuing some of this conversation. Yeah, I am too, because that is, a, the, if, the, if you're the enemy, one of the greatest tools you have would be to try to wound the, the gift. Yeah. And it starts so young, like uh, part yeah. of why I didn't, my gift was, I mean, it was already in there when I was born. The Holy Spirit hadn't come into me yet or whatever, but uh, the things that God had gifted me to do, to be curious, I got in trouble for that all the time. Sure. Report cards. Darren asks too many questions. <laughs> uh, and so I, I actually carried a lot of shame around the thing 
that uh, that God blessed me with. So this book is so hilarious because it's really actually an example that I wasn't even aware of for 10 freaking years. Yeah. I was thinking about this, chewing on it, pondering yeah. on it. I didn't, I felt like insecure about even putting it out in a book. Cause I would say something like, well, do we really need another sure. profile? Do we really need another of this? You know, there, there was a, a healing, uh, transforming. And, and when you see that verse, it's, it's conformed versus transformed. That with getting in trouble for being curious, that for being shut down and shamed for your gift, Mo, as a kid, as a teenager, whatever, is why the shame, it's, that is conforming yourself to the world. And when Satan does that, conforms it to the world, um, you end up feeling shame and paralyzed and we'd, we're not coming together as living stones. Maybe right. you just jumped into this podcast or you're... you're- haven't discovered your gift yet. There's a really cool tool that's available. Just go to mylifegift.com. You can take a simple uh, test, little quiz, kind of help you in your journey to find your gift. Um, the information about Darren's book is there as well. And it's just a really good resource for you to maybe help start the journey towards figuring out what gift that you've been given. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if once like mean you've been given it not as a gift that you're receiving. It's a gift that you're meant to, uh, to deliver. Yeah. And boy, do we need all your gifts out there? Like God Absolutely. didn't waste anything. He didn't make any mistakes. A perfect number. Seven, Seven of them. complete. <laughs> and that means you are needed in this world and your gift, uh, Satan's job to conform it to this world means that he wants to take you out, but a free church live as free people. What Peter said, uh, that's a, triple threat, right? I mean, that's the starting of it. Like these Romans 12 gifts. Uh, if you feel lived in a world where you focus on first Corinthians 12, or if you lived on a world where it was Ephesians four, um, those are great, but they're all three taken together. Romans 12 is the one I feel like was, I, it was the one I overlooked the most, but sure you know, was that, um, that's what we're starting here because I feel like that's the, uh, first Corinthians 12 verse five. It talks about this as the energema. Uh, of God. Like it's what gives you energy to move through this world. That's these gifts. So we thank you for being with us for another deeper podcast. Please pray for our country. Please pray for if you're out of the country. uh, I want you to know that we're here. We're not going anywhere. I don't care what CNN is telling you online or what your local news sources are telling you in Asia or Uganda. Uh, We're not going anywhere. The Church of Jesus Christ in the United States Uh, the gates of hell will not prevail against us here in the same way that they will not prevail against you guys uh, in those countries as well. Uh, If you need prayer, you, uh, if you, if you're feeling especially heavy and just want someone to pray with you this week, there's a lot of heaviness around. Sure. Email us info at conduitchurch.com. Mo gets those emails. So it's private right now. It's not like you're going to, a bunch of people are going to see it, but just let us know and we'll have someone reach out and, and pray with you. And especially if you're in the Nashville area, we'd love to, have you do that. And if you're in the Nashville area and want to be a part of our Sunday gathering experience, you can do that. We're going to be here at 8 30, 10 and 11 30. Uh, we would ask that you register, not because we're going to turn your information over to any government authority. It just actually helps us to spread out uh, at this point in time. And it literally our child workers, our kid ministry, they've been, they really super appreciate that. So we would ask for you to register ahead of time. If you forget and it's Sunday morning and you're on the way over there uh, and you didn't register, keep coming. Uh, keep coming. We don't care. We'll, we'll find a way. Yeah, and we're RSVPing for a couple of reasons. One, just simple, you know, 
COVID protocol, just trying to spread us out just a little bit. Um, and we're going through a pretty major renovation and expansion here at the church. So we have a lot of square feet unusable right now that we've had to close down that's being renovated, which is super exciting, which means it's all temporary. Yeah. And then when this is done, we're going to have a lot more space to, to use. Yeah, we're super excited about that. So we hope uh, you'll join us there or join us online, conduitchurch.com. Thank you for all of you that have continued to, uh, your radical generosity is literally changing the world uh, here in America and around the world. So we're super grateful for that. Hope that you will share this with your friend. Um, If you get a chance online to just share that podcast on social media, as long as we have the ability to share on social media, we would appreciate it if you do it. And yeah, come see us here on Sunday or we'll catch you. uh, Hopefully you'll catch us next week. Thanks for listening. Mm